the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us as we get started this morning at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a Thursday, the 21st morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019, and the first morning that Justice Smollett is spending in jail. That's right, Justice Smollett turned himself in after a felony warrant for his arrest was issued, after a grand jury had heard enough and an indictment handed down. Justice Smollett, the Empire actor, facing felony charges of filing a false police report, lying to police. Potentially, with the local charges, he could face up to three years in jail. Um, that is not the end of the game. That is the beginning of the game, because if it is determined that Jesse Smollett, who tried to perpetrate a hoax, demonizing all Trump supporters as being white, uh, white male, red hat, MAGA-wearing racists after he tried to perpetrate this, if they also find out that he started all of this with a phony hate mail slash death threat letter that he sent to himself, there could very well be federal charges in play here as well. That's right, because if you use the United States Postal Service in committing a crime, that is a federal agency, and he could face federal charges as well. If everything goes the worst they can go for Jesse Smollett, which I should point out it should, everything should go horribly for uh, for him from this point forward for reasons that you probably already know, but that I will detail as we continue. If everything goes the worst that they can for him, he could face as much as 10 years in prison between local and federal charges. And while you're thinking to yourself, that's good, get him. Because of everything that he has done here to to foster and to grow division, resentment, hatred, bigotry, committed a hate crime. Because he hates Donald Trump, and he hates Donald Trump supporters. That's it. He committed a hate crime. You're thinking to yourself, get him, get him for those 10 years. It says here he won't face a day in prison. Yeah, he's in jail right now. That's different than prison. He'll probably end up pleading guilty because the evidence of his staging of this phony hate crime with the assistance of his two Nigerian friends, the two brothers, which is just so ironic, by the way, that they happen to be black males. He couldn't find a couple of white guys to help him stage the white hate crime? He couldn't find a couple of white guys to pretend to beat him up so that he would at least be able to say when he says, I was attacked by two white guys, he could have some sort of authenticity to it. No, he gets two black friends to come and pretend to beat him up to stage this phony crime and then tells police two white guys wearing masks and red hats beat him up, called him in the N-word, called him the F-word, which is the, the slur for homosexual. Um, uh, put the noose around his neck and poured bleach on him. He had to get two black guys to do it in order to then claim that it was two white guys. 
It is beyond laughable. It is beyond comprehension that he thought something like this could possibly be pulled off, that could possibly work. But it started with the phony letter that he sent to himself. And that's what they're still working on, where he used letters cut out of a magazine, you know, and kind of like one of those movie scenes you might see. Clearly, Jussie Smollett, a professional actor, uh, is trying to uh, bring different scripts <laughs> from from movies that he has either been part of or seen in the past into play here. As he mailed himself a phony hate letter slash death threat, he reported that or had that leaked to the press, and it didn't get nearly enough play for him. It didn't get nearly enough outrage. He used a MAGA return address, MAGA, M-A-G-A, Make America Great Again, so that everybody would know this is Trump supporters. Trump supporters hate me because I'm gay and black. And look what they said to me, and it didn't get enough play. So he says, all right, I'm going to have to up the ante a little bit here. Fake a beating. Fake a hate crime. Make sure everybody knows it was Trump supporters who did this, and that'll get people ticked off at Trump supporters some more. What did... Jesse or Jussie Smollett have to gain from his fake hate crime. What did he have to gain? He wasn't going to get rich off of this, except for the fact that he gets that coveted. We talked about this two days ago. He gets that coveted title of victim. Victim status carries so much weight in America today. It really does. Being a victim, especially on the left, if you're a liberal victim of somebody on the right, you are a hero. He's a a marginally well-known actor, and by marginally well-known, I'll admit, I don't know him. I had never heard of him before this event three weeks ago. Never heard of him. Don't watch Empire. Don't know what else he's been in. To this moment, I could not give you another credit for him, a screen credit. So what better way to become known and to advance yourself than to be a professional victim? Hi, I'm Jussie. I'm gay and I'm black, and two white guys who would support Trump beat me up for being gay and black. Watch the offers to act in movies and in television roles pour in. Victim status carries weight. A lot of it. That's the only thing he had to gain from this personally, as well as the satisfaction that he know, knowing that he was tearing Trump supporters down, that he was telling the world that this is what Trump's America is all about. White guys beating up gay black guys at 2 o'clock in the morning. And now it has all come crashing down around him. Now, his hate fest, he was trying He was trying to convince the world that he was the victim of a hate crime when, in fact, he carried out a hate crime because of his hate for Trump and Trump supporters. Make no mistake about it. I read a terrific piece from former Milwaukee County Sheriff uh, David Clark, and I want to share some of this with you. After our time out here, we got a time out coming up, but I want to share some of this with you because it's really, really important. It does indeed. Ready. What's it all about, my friends? 921 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. What's it all about? Is there any doubt that it's all about hate? It really is. 
Jesse Smollett wants you and the rest of the country to think that Trump supporters hate black people. He and people like him, meaning other far-left progressive wingnuts who are just so anti-Trump, so so dedicated to removing him from office and making sure, at the very least, that he doesn't get reelected again, he is willing to do anything or say anything to try to harm his supporters, to try to drive Trump supporters uh, back into the shadows, to try to keep them quiet, to try to get them to change their minds. He wants you to believe, believe that Trump supporters are racist and that they are homophobes. And that's what this is all about. And in the process of trying to demonize them, to make them look like they are hate mongers, Jussie Smollett proved that it is only he and people like him who are the hate mongers. Keep hate alive. Former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, um, well-known toward the end of his tenure as America's Sheriff, kind of replacing Sheriff Joe Arpaio with that title, uh, wrote this. Race provocateur extraordinaire Jesse Jackson made famous a slogan in his run for the presidency in 1988. It was, keep hope alive. Thirty years later, the American left has replaced the word hope with another four-letter H word, hate. They hate Republicans. They hate white male conservatives. They hate Trump. They hate the unborn. They hate the American flag, and they hate the police. The left sees so much potential in using hate as a political weapon that they've built a hate industrial complex. If they don't keep hate alive, the bottom of their identity politics strategy collapses. Enough has been said about the Jesse Smollett incident. The investigation has gone from Smollett being the victim of a hateful, homophobic, racist attack into what it is, a hoax. The Chicago Police Department has gone overboard to afford Smollett the benefit of the doubt and now say that the investigation has taken a new turn. Interpret what they uh, interpret that to be a sensitive way of saying we no longer believe his story. Here's some free advice. Whatever you hear about a race, whenever you hear about a race-related attack and a noose in the story, your BS detector should go off. Now, I'm going to pause here and say clearly, David Clark penned what I'm reading to you right now, or typed, sometime yesterday, because it was last night and into the overnight that, uh, obviously, the Chicago police charged Jussie Smollett. This is not no longer just a matter of their changing the focus of the investigation, which is what it was two days ago. They charged him, and as of this morning, he had turned himself in, and he's under arrest right now. He is in custody. He'll be uh, appearing at a, a court uh, hearing this morning at some point, which will be an arraignment, and then he'll be released until uh, trial. Back to uh, David Clark. It appears that Smollett is not a victim, rather a fraud who perpetrated a cruel hoax. If this turns out to be true, Smollett committed a hate crime against three demographics, hitting the trifecta as he simultaneously smeared whites, males, and heterosexuals. If he is found to have filed a a false report, he should be aggressively prosecuted. Smollett going national with with this aggravates it even more. For that, there should be a federal hate crime investigation. However, the reality is, if found to be a hoax, he will not be aggressively prosecuted. If he is even charged, and again, this is written before he has been charged, with only, thus far, filing a false police report. So I don't know if we can call that aggressive prosecution. So I just want to make sure you're aware of the timeline here, because David Clark wrote this yesterday. Uh, He will receive a watered-down prosecution, pay a fine, and be allowed to move on. Therefore, the lack of deterrence encourages others to perpetrate subsequent hoaxes. That, by the way, is my biggest concern in all of this. There has to be a precedent set here that if you do this stuff, there are severe consequences because the list of phony hate crimes, hoaxes, perpetrated in order to make Trump supporters or white conservatives look bad 
is longer than Jesse Smollett is tall. That's how long the list of hoaxes is. Back to uh, the sheriff. Gay and black advocacy groups should be incensed with Smollett, but at this point, they have been silent. Smollett is cast out on real claims of gay and black assaults based on skin color and sexual orientation in the future. This is not something to be taken lightly. Smollett knew he had the advantage of his celebrity and platform to stage this hoax. However, he ended up flying a little bit too close to the sun. As they always do, these incidents serve as an opportunity for virtue virtue signaling and moral preening. Ellen DeGeneres jumped in, clutching her pearls over the Smollett incident. Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris, Alexandria Kelly Bundio-Cortez, and Cory Booker jumped in, showing their support for the alleged victim Smollett while shaming the rest of America. The national liberal media learned nothing from the Covington High School incident as they ran full speed and blindly ahead with reports of the Smollett attack. They drove their predictable narratives while using the Smollett incident as an opportunity to drag President Trump into the discussion and deceitfully chastise every white male conservative for supposedly creating a racist, homophobic environment in America. When will liberal media learn? Probably never. These kinds of stories appeal to their libelous agenda. Race or sexual orientation attack hoaxes are not new. Recall the Air Force Academy incident in which a racial slur was written outside the room of a black cadet. After the school superintendent, Lieutenant General Jay Silveria, flaunted his racial sensitivity by admonishing and indicting every non-black cadet as racist while yelling at them to get out of the academy, it was found that the black cadet wrote the slur himself. Oops. Silveria should should have been disciplined for jumping to conclusions and indicting all those cadets before learning the facts, but he wasn't. Many more of these race hoaxes have occurred on college campuses. When it's discovered the purported victims staged the incident themselves, the media packed up their cameras and microphones and left for the next one. No one from this cabal followed up on the case for the final disposition. We seldom hear what happens to the hoax perpetrator, because it's usually nothing. The liberal media is either too lazy or disinterested to keep the public informed. This keeps the or this allows the prosecutors to sweep cases right under the rug with light sentences. According to the FBI, hate crimes against whites are the fastest-growing racial hate crimes in America. Let that sink in. Anti-black hate crimes decreased in 2016. This is not what we have been led to believe by the agenda-driven liberal media. No government agency tracks race or sexual-oriented hoaxes. They should. As long as we are monitoring the race of the driver in police traffic stops, why not hoaxes? The damage a national uproar causes makes it worth trafficking. According to a study by the American Renaissance, between June 2015 and December 2017, there have been 101 reported what turned out to be hoaxes. The breakdown is 44 fabricated acts of bias by blacks, 17 hoaxes by Middle Easterners, 13 by non-whites, and 10 fabricated assaults against gays. In the case of hate crime hoaxes, black overrepresentation is much greater. Over the last two and a half years, on the per capita basis, blacks were 13.3 times more likely than whites to commit hate crime hoaxes. Identity politics encourages a cult of perpetual victimhood. Some groups find it therapeutic to be perpetually viewed as persecuted. It shields them from criticism. America has pushed racism and bigotry to the margins of society. We shame it, call it out. Although it exists, it is on life support. There is no need to fake it. That from Sheriff David Clark, again, former sheriff of Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. He's the president of America's Sheriff LLC. 
and the senior advisor for America First and the author of Cop Under Fire, Beyond Hashtag of Race, Crime, and Politics for a Better America. He's a brilliant man. I had the pleasure of sharing a stage with him in Cleveland two years ago. No, well, two and a half, I guess. It was right before the 2016 election uh, when he came to town along with you and Prager and others. And uh, uh, and he's just uh, he's a patriot. And when he speaks about these things and about keeping hate alive, I hope you will listen. You know, I hate to do this because, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we're trying to get past where the race of a commentator should not matter. But I fully believe, as we condemn this act of hatred, this hoax by Jussie Smollett, who's black, uh, the words mean more when they come from a David Clark than they do from a Bob France. When the words come from a white guy, it can be dismissed. When the words come from a strong black conservative leader like Sheriff David Clark, a little harder to say, you just don't understand the struggle. Because I'm pretty sure David Clark understands the struggle. All right, it's 9.30. we got much, much more coming up. Plenty of opportunities for you to call. 216-901-0945. If you're on hold now, stay there. But I'm going to ask you to be patient, because right after the news, Congressman Jim Jordan joins us on AM 1420, The Answer. Sir. Social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 934 now as we continue on AM 1420. The answer. The Bob France Authority coming up in just moments. We're going to talk with with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. <clears throat> As we pivot a little bit, I'm going to ask him about Jesse Smollett because, again, I think it uh, it transcends just the story itself because it does speak to an attempt by the American left, by the progressives, to continue to divide the United States along uh, the lines of hatred. Quite frankly, that is it. Claiming a hate crime, trying to demonize white uh, male Trump supporters, conservative Trump supporters with such a phony crime. Uh, and in the process, he was actually committing a crime against them. Uh, you know, by, by, by making up this story. Uh, but we're going to talk to Congressman Jordan in a moment or two about the Andy McCabe dishonesty tour, otherwise known as his book tour. I was speaking to the man who had just run for the presidency and, and, and won the election for the presidency and who might have done so with the aid of the government of Russia, our most formidable adversary on the world stage. The man who was fired as deputy director of the FBI for lying and leaking is now trying to sell more lies uh, by way of his book, and he is being given ample opportunity on virtually every network and every channel, every microphone he sees he's rushing to, and it's working because his book is already number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Joining us now to analyze that and much more, our friend Congressman Jim Jordan, representative of Ohio's 4th Congressional District, also a ranking member of the House Oversight Committee and, of course, member of the Judiciary Committee as well. Congressman, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine, Bob. Uh, good to be with you this morning. Good to talk to you as well. Before we dig into the details of what we've heard from Andy McCabe and the battle between him and uh, Rod Rosenstein, who is now apparently going to be stepping down sometime next month, I want to get into all of that yep. with you. Uh, everybody's got an opinion on what is happening with the attempt to divide this country along racial lines further by the identity yeah. politics practicing American left. And the Justice Smollett story is just one of the most high-profile examples of yeah. that. He's in custody now. Your take on this. Yep. No, I mean, look, it, it, it looks like he uh, made the whole thing up. And um, if that's the case, then he'll have to suffer the consequences. It just 
just one more story of, of, of the press getting it wrong. I think maybe that's the, the biggest thing here is how the press ran with this, just like they did a month ago, uh, the young man in Covington uh, with, the, uh, with the school who was at the March for Life, just like they did with the BuzzFeed story that the, the, you know, the special counsel did the unprecedented thing and came forward and said that story is not accurate, even though for 24 hours or approximately 24 hours, all the mainstream press ran with that story because it was it was negative towards the president. So um, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway here. Uh, I'll let I'll let the, the the folks there, the the law enforcement and the prosecutors, figure it out and, and see what Mr. Smallwood did or didn't do. But it looks like he uh, he made the whole thing up. I think the important word here that I think you're shooting for is accountability. You know, the the press yep. was never held accountable for what they did to the Covington kids until maybe now, as a two hundred fifty million dollar lawsuit has been filed against the Washington Wood, Post. Yeah. Lynn Wood and, and the young man uh, uh, from Covington, him and yeah, his Nick Sandman, trying to hold the Washington. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of his last name there for a second. Uh, they're trying to hold the Washington Post accountable. Yeah, and that's what has to happen here, you know, because you're right about the Jesse Smollett thing, too. As much as what he did is a crime, it is a crime that every liberal politician jumped in head first. It's a crime literally yeah. never even using the word alleged. The media never even used the word alleged hate crime. This was done to Jesse Smollett. Oh, my God, our prayers are with him. And, oh, my God, those evil, demonic, conservative, white, red hat wearers. That's yeah. They need to be held accountable as well. And and, and I'm hopeful yeah. that that's, that's the outcome of all of this because... We're getting torn apart, Congressman. We're getting torn apart yeah. as a country by this stuff. No, and it's it's so unfortunate. But it, it is, you know, we've said this many times on, on your on your show as well. That the left that they're they're focused on one thing, and that's going after President Trump or anyone associated or supports President Trump. Um, what was the line I heard? Like, you know, to, to vote for the president is now a terrible thing to do. They're, they're like, they're, they're, some some commentator on one of the shows was saying these kind of things. It's like. Uh, it's unfortunate. I'd rather be focused on doing things that are actually going to help the country instead of what the left needs to be so uh, so concerned about. Completely agree. Congressman, let's move to former Deputy Director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, who is out now on his book tour, and he is selling lies. As far as I'm concerned, he's selling lies. He's selling more propaganda. He's still trying to convince people that we're not sure. If President Donald Trump is an agent of Russia, that he is actually yeah. working on behalf of the Russians from the Oval Office. Congressman, I have heard some things uh, before um, uh, from a lot of uh, people on the left. Andrew McCabe, however, I-, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody with less credibility than this man. No, you're, you're exactly right. We should never forget what he leaked information about and then later lied about the fact that he leaked it. He was leaking to help himself look good. He was leaking... To the to the uh, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, he's leaked to these folks about why he was kicked off the uh, Clinton investigation and how he really wasn't it, it, he shouldn't have been, and it was all to prop himself and make himself look better. So that was his whole focus. He lied three times under oath. He was fired, and he's currently under investigation by the Justice Department, and yet he's out saying the things he's saying. Uh, he wants everyone to think he's a Boy Scout, but the fact is, you cannot, as you said, trust anything he said. Now. Uh, I, with, with one exception, with one exception, and I don't, I don't believe it because Andy McCabe say it, but I tend to believe it because I thought this was the case based on Mr. Rosenstein, and Andy McCabe is also the third person to say it, and that is Rod Rosenstein was actually serious about recording the commander-in-chief in the Oval Office, getting some kind of material or evidence on the president, and also talking to cabinet members and invoking the 25th Amendment. So I don't believe anything Andy McCabe says except one thing, and the only reason I think that's probably credible is because two other people have told us that 
in a deposition. This is a very odd situation, Congressman Jordan, because, you know, both of these individuals are perceived to be enemies of the president. People have gone yep. after the president in some way, shape, or form. Talking about Rosenstein, of course, who appointed That's the right, Mueller uh, investigation, as well as as well as well McCabe. Now, and the, the fact that the two of them are arguing about whether it was serious or whether it was in jest or, or, uh, or, or tongue-in-cheek or whatever, however Rosenstein described the idea of wearing a wire to record the president, uh, how do we... Listening to two different uh, enemies of the president, if you will, how do we decide who's right? Oh, no, great question. Our system is, is a system where you have to bring people in, you put them under oath, and you a- ask them questions in front of God and everybody in, in an open setting. And that's, what, that's why you have oversight, that's why you have hearing, and that's why you swear people in. So both Rod Rosenstein and Andy McCabe should be brought in. They're, they're telling us two different things. The only way to evaluate who's telling the truth and who isn't is to get them in and ask them questions. And the first question you would ask Mr. Rosenstein is, who was in the room when this was said? Who all heard it? Then you can go ask them. So that's how you figure out what is true and what isn't when you have, particularly in this situation, where you have two people who I don't know that you can trust all that much from either one, but two people who are saying something different. All I know is what Andy McCabe has said relative to that particular fact. Two other people who we've uh, deposed, one of them being Lisa Page, uh, excuse me, one of them being uh, Jim Baker, the former chief counsel of the FBI, has uh, said the same thing. I'm glad you brought that up because I just read of the recently released transcript of his testimony before the committee in October, and he basically yeah. said that he believed Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted up until yeah. very, very late in the email investigation. And obviously the higher, highest-ranking individuals in the uh, Department of Justice and, and James Comey, more importantly, in the FBI, disagreed. Talked him. Yeah, they talked him out of it. He, 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 he thought that uh, she should. I think that's what the country thought. I think what Jim Baker confirmed for us all is what we already all knew, and that is the fix was in. I mean, remember the names they gave the investigation. This should tell you where the motivation and where, what, what, the, what their preconception, preconceived ideas were prior to the investigation. The Clinton ex- uh, investigation was called the mid-year exam. The R- Trump-Russia investigation was called crossfire hurricane you can almost see people pounding <laughs> them chest they're getting all fired up so just the names that the fbi assigned indicate and show the bias that was that that was there from the get-go um and even with all that jim baker the chief counsel felt still felt like hillary shouldn't have gotten off like she did but uh, of course mr comey and others at the fbi uh went the other direction We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan this morning uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. So, you know, you're right. Uh, Rosenstein should come back in and testify. Uh, McCabe should come in and testify. And instead of getting those two individuals, uh, the the, uh, leadership, uh, the committee leadership is calling Michael Cohen, who's coming in. The the guy who's going to prison for lying. Yeah, the Michael Cohen's going to be called in to testify instead. What's that? Next Wednesday, 10 a.m., they're bringing in front of Congress to testify in front of Congress a guy who's going to prison in two months for lying to Congress. Their first big hearing, their first announced witness, their first big witness, and instead, as you said, Bob, instead of having two guys who actually work for the government, we're supposed to be the Government Oversight Committee, two guys who work for the government who are saying two different things, and we're actually plotting to, to take the president out of office, Andy McCabe and Rod Rosen, so instead of bringing them in, we're bringing in a guy who in two months is going to prison for lying to Congress. I mean, this shows the spectacle that the Democrats want to have, the circus they're going to have. But I think it also points to, and there was an interesting story yesterday in Politico, this points to where the Democrats are heading. They are going to pursue impeachment of the President of the United States. Tom Steyer has put up $40 million 
the big contributor to so many of these Democrats, that this is how they begin to lay the groundwork for their ridiculous impeachment approach that they're going to take. Um, it's ridiculous, but it's scheduled to happen next, uh, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. I think we knew that was coming before the midterms, which is why so many of yep. us fought to stop them from taking over yeah, in sure. the midterms. And, and uh, obviously, sure. a little too, little too little too late. About Rosenstein, if I may, um, he's sure. indicated uh, um, uh, his intent to, to resign at some point next month, uh, middle of March. I'm wondering why they can't just force him out now. I don't know how much more damage he can do. Literally, I don't know. Maybe he, yeah. maybe nothing. But but I'm just wondering what what else can he do to harm the president and to protect and defend himself before he resigns next month. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I will tell you this: if we if we could ever get him under oath, and I just don't think the Democrats are going to go there. Um, I would also like to ask him the same question I asked uh, the acting attorney general, who's now you know now going Matt Whitaker. I asked him this a week and a half ago. And that is this August 2nd memo that changed and altered in some way the, the scope of the Mueller investigation that Rod Rosenstein sent to Bob Mueller. Seventy percent of that memo is redacted. I want to know what's under the redactions, because my hunch is that Rod Rosenstein told Bob Mueller, gave him specific American citizens' names that he was allowed to go investigate. And that is, it is not supposed to work that way in this country. You don't go investigate people in America. You investigate crime and criminal activity. And all the way up until May 9th, Jim Comey, when we had him in there for a deposition, all the way up until he's fired on May 9th, he said that there was still not one bit of evidence to show any type of coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia. All the way up until May 9th when he's fired. And yet, May 17th, Bob Mueller's named the special counsel to look into all this. And on August 2nd, two and a half months later, Rod Rosenstein writes a memo that changes the scope. And if you read the very first memo, excuse me, the first scope uh, order on that May 17th, it's as broad as it can be. Why do they need to, to, to give more detail to the scope that was so broad already? I want to know what's under that, that, that redacted portion of that memo. And Rod Rosenstein will tell us. Um, that's one of the things I want to ask Rod Rosenstein. How, 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 as the Oversight Committee, can you guys not see that? I'm not saying make it public, but how can you not see the unredacted They version? won't let us. I asked Rod Rosenstein to his face in his office. He got all mad. Um, I, I do not know. They're, they're going to say ongoing investigation would interfere with the special counsel, all that. But I think when, when, you, when you look at uh, when you get a chance, Bob, go, go, go back and look at the order that Rosenstein gave uh, Mueller on May 17th. It's as broad a scope as you can have in an investigation. Mm-hmm. And then, then get a copy of the unredacted portion of the uh, August 2nd memo, and you will see, like, what is going on here. Um, I want to find out, but right now we can't. Is that achievable by a FOIA request, or is that something that would be protected not under classic? Probably not until after the investigation is over. Uh, and, and, and remember, the way the, the law works is the Attorney General, now Bill Barr, is going to decide what, what comes public, what doesn't. Uh, from the Mueller report, and if you can believe CNN, they've indicated that the Mueller report may actually be finished as early as next week. That was my next question to you. So, if it does come up next week, what is your what is your anticipation here? Do you think that the uh, uh, that the DOJ will 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 Mr. Barr let the American people see all of no the results idea. of that, or you don't know? I have no idea. I think I think it's, it's you know we can all uh, assume that it's going to say that there was no coordination. Because uh, we have we have seen zero evidence of any type of coordination between President Trump's campaign and, and Russia to impact the election, and that was the charge initially, at least, uh, right. for the uh, investigation. What else it says, I don't know. And will they make it public? And, and on what time frame, I do not know.
Um, You have not seen anything. I have not seen anything that rises to the level of collusion. In fact, not even close, to be honest with you. They've netted a few dozen, a couple couple, couple dozen arrests. Some people are going to prison for uh, non-Russia-related offenses. Uh, And and you know what? I I guess that's fine, although I don't like the broad scope of the uh, orders he was given either. But the fact is there's been nothing, in your opinion, uh, Congressman, that uh, that has has changed your mind as far as what might come out of this thing when it's released next week or whenever that might be? It's even worse because there was coordination on the other side. The Clinton campaign paid Perkins Cooey Law Firm, who paid Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS, who hired a foreigner, Christopher Steele, who talked to a couple Russians, didn't go to Russia, talked to a couple Russians, wrote a garbage thing that the National Enquirer level information thing we call the dossier, and yet the FBI used that to go get a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. So the collusion was on the other side. Oh, and here's the newest, the newest potential coordination. Adam Schiff is meeting with Glenn Simpson in Colorado last summer. Now think about this. Adam Schiff meets with the guy that Clinton's paid to put together the dossier. Unbelievable. And oh, by the way, Adam Schiff also tried to block us from knowing who paid for the dossier. Remember when, when Chairman, right. then Chairman Nunes last Congress was trying to get the bank records from Fusion? Adam Schiff was trying to block that. But it was that push by Chairman Nunes that was... The, that's how we figured out, oh, my goodness, the Clinton campaign, through the cutout Perkins Cooey, is paying Glenn Simpson. And guess what? Adam Schiff's meeting with him in Aspen, Colorado last summer. Now, it seems, it seems a little hypocritical to me when, when uh, two years ago Adam Schiff demanded that Devin Nunes step down as, as overseeing this investigation when he was chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Now that Adam Schiff's chairman of the Intelligence Committee, meeting with the very guy paid by the Clintons to put together the dossier, why, why is that? it seems a little hypocritical that Adam Schiff isn't stepping down. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and, and last thing before you go, Congressman, is it possible, uh, and if not probable, for Mr. Barr, the new AG, to do what should have been done, and that is order a second special investigation, a special sure prosecutor is. to look into Hillary Clinton and what really happened, not only with her uh, potential crimes, but again, the entire FBI cover-up that led to her not being charged with those. Yeah, it, it sure is, and he, and he can certainly do that. My guess is he will wait and see what happens on the two investigations that are ongoing as we speak, one by the Inspector General Michael Horowitz, the other by U.S. Attorney John Huber. Now, I will tell you, we haven't heard a single thing from John Huber, and he was appointed like eight, ten months ago, so we'll see how that, that plays out. But Mr. Horowitz, I expect his report, uh, the Inspector General at the Justice Department, I expect his report sometime late spring, early summer. Congressman, that's a lot of ground we had to cover this morning, and I know you're all over it. Thank you so very much for your time. You bet. You bet. Uh, you got it. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM 1420. The answer for his weekly visit a little bit later this week. But as you know, I mean, the committee meetings and hearings are are constant. Uh, he is, of course, on oversight and judiciary, and he's very, very busy uh, trying to hold these people accountable. It's 951. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back to your phone calls on AM 1420. The answer. It's 9.57 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Short segment to wrap up the hour. Um, really looking forward to more of your thoughts on this. Let's go to Mark in Fairview Park. We've got a couple of things. When I say this, I should point out that we talked at great length about the fact that Jesse Smollett is now in police custody uh, for hate. Bottom line, hate. He's only being charged with filing a false police report. 
but it's his hatred for white conservatives wearing red caps and the demonization of them and President Trump that drove his actions. And then, of course, uh, Andrew McCabe, uh, the Mueller report supposed to wrap up next week, and everything we just discussed with Congressman Jim Jordan. You can talk about any of that at 216-901-0945. Mark in Fairview Park, thanks for your patience. Good, sir. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I'm going to move pretty fast here because I know you got news coming up. But uh, I'm sitting down here trying to develop my idea to talk to you about. But uh, I had the NBC on right right off the bat. They go across the whole crew there. All of uh, all of them, you know, well, he's presumed uh, innocent until guilty. Then they got some other loser on there that looks like the uh, unfunny uh, Colbert and uh, it's, it's this guy Jacob. Uh, it's a shame that this happens with all the real racism going on within the country. So you know, you know what the flavor there is on the news. But when I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago, you know, we agreed on that uh, ludicrousness of the Smollett story. Yeah. And uh, as it's been unfolding, I've, I've been sitting here. I tell you, I'm using this whole thing for amusement. You and I smelled this thing, and I'm sure the audience did too. Smelled this. Smelled uh, they smelled the garbage about this thing the day it was over, or the day. Uh, from day one, excuse me. Right, right. And, yeah, the uh, day the day that the uh, the allegation came out. Yeah, and uh, you know another thing. I listened to Prager, and he 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 mentioned this guy's attacks on Trump. He said it's the most filthy, pathetic things he's ever heard. So that's what we're dealing with here. Anyhow, I just uh, let me move here pretty quick. Anyhow, between the Virginia, you know, blackface situation and wherever that's going, and uh, McCabe uh, Rose, Rosenstein situation, which we just, you just got done uh, talking about. Here's a guy who's just dusted himself off, wrote a book. He's screwing up on TV, and they're, they're like rats on a sinking ship. Throws Rosenstein under the bus, but uh, I'll move on that. Point I'm trying to make, you know, I, I love this. As all these haters go down and expose themselves for just what they are, this, this comedy show, it's like a comedy show to me. All, the, all this stuff I use for my own amusement. And I'd like to finish up well, by just making a quote from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. <laughs> We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. And thanks for your time, Bob. You got it, Mark. Thanks. There is a common thread in a lot of that, and you're right. Those there are the attempts to destroy the the American right, the attempts to destroy uh, the Trump administration, Trump supporters, and so on and so forth. In all of those cases, the McCabe Rosenstein situation, and then of course the Smollett situation. You're right. There is a common thread there, and it would be entertaining. It is a show that never ends if it weren't so serious. Because it is deadly serious, and that's the uh, element of this I do not want to get lost. All right, let's get news now, more fo- more of your phone calls. Uh, we are guest-free for the next 30 minutes. Dial now, you'll get on, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110 on the authority. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.